it's so hard to get over trauma and neglect that you might have had as a child, but today that's what we're going to really talk about because so many of us have had different types of pain and I don't want you to measure your pain because a lot of times people that have been traumatized will feel bad because they'll say things like, but other people had it worse and that's minimizing what you've been through. So let's not do that, okay? We're gonna talk today about how to potentially manage some of the experiences that you've had, some of the pain, some of the suffering, the neglect or the observed trauma that you had in life so that you can look through the lens of beauty instead of violence. And truthfully, if you've been traumatized as a child, either directly or indirectly, part of what you see in your world is a sense of trauma and a sense of violence. So we're gonna be going to the opposite of all of that. So in order to do that, we have to accept that sometimes we are looking through the lens of that child who was traumatized. And I say this a lot, but you know, when you had a birthday when you were six years old, your five-year-old self did not vanish. So where did the five-year-old person go? Well, they're still there within the six-year-old on the six-year-old's birthday, right? And that five-year-old did not vanish on your eighth birthday. And whatever age you are right now, that five-year-old is still within you. So we are the accumulation of everyone we've ever been in any stage of our lives. And that's why we become wiser because we continue to see our lives through the eyes of every age and every experience we've ever had. But that has two different sides to it. Sometimes it's beautiful and we can see the beauty around us and sometimes we do see the beauty within us. But most of the time, if we've had trauma and neglect, we have been navigating our lives through that lens. And then we have been, because we're only looking through that lens for the most part, we're attracting only that energy and those experiences. So this is what we're gonna talk about today. If you're new here, my name is Michelle Pava. I'm the host of The Muddy Path, and you can reach me at themuddypath.org. When you go to themuddypath.org, you will see that you will get lessons in addition to the podcast. So you'll get every episode and you will also have a lesson or inspiration or usually both with each and every episode. So you can dive a little deeper into your own self-help. So please follow and subscribe if you can and let's stay connected. Now let's talk about you and your background and what you might have suffered or observed and understand that if you if you saw your mother or father or your siblings or anyone in your family that you loved friends or family hurt then you were indirectly hurt which then turns into direct hurt if that makes sense so you see something and you have empathy and you have compassion and now you're feeling it and now it's yours and you have to manage what that, uh, what that feels like for you. So let's just take a step back and really think about the idea that you might be looking at the world through some level of violence. And I'm calling it violence, but it's the level of, or the dynamic of looking through the eyes of someone who has experienced trauma and neglect in very, very directly, as well as indirectly. Now we've all had it indirectly, but not all of us have had it directly. 
but most of us have. Studies show, actually, and statistics show that pretty much everyone has had some level of some kind of trauma or neglect, which is very unfortunate, but there are ways that we can manage this, and we are very resilient. So while we just don't organically bounce back all of the time, we can learn skills to help ourselves to do that. So the Buddhist practice is one of those ways, and it's based upon nonviolence. You don't have to struggle with your breath. You don't have to struggle with your body or even the emotions that you're feeling once you get to a space of nonviolence and being able to see through the lens of nonviolence. So you can treat your inhales and your exhales nonviolently as you would treat a flower or someone you love. And later on in your practice, and maybe you're there now, but later and deeper into your practice, you'll be able to do the same thing with these triggers and these memories and the feelings of not being worthy. All of these will be able to be through the lens of someone in nonviolence. So when you are dealing with pain or a moment of irritation or anything that you might be dealing with, triggers or really uncomfortable memories, even if you're dealing with something now in your relationship, you will be able to treat them with the same gentleness that you would treat a little daisy in the palm of your hand. And the reason is because when you can look at your suffering as something not only that you're experiencing, but that's something that you can manage, it becomes beautiful because at that point, you now are in control and we're never totally in control. You know, the environment, life experiences, you know, we only have a certain amount of days or hours or years on earth, but we can make the most of every present moment. And so part of that is being in the middle way. The middle way in Buddhism, especially Zen Buddhism, is a place of being uh, not not in overindulgence, but it's also not in discipline that's over discipline. Let's talk about you've gained, say, 50 pounds, okay? And you gained the 50 pounds because you were indulging in eating foods that would cause you to begin to gain weight. And regardless of why you were doing it, you were probably doing it because you were disconnected to your body, you were dealing with something, you were mindlessly eating, you were in trauma, but you've decided that by doing less and sitting more and eating more and treating yourself to watching shows and eating this food, you were overindulging. So you think that the way to not have the 50 pounds is to go into hyper-discipline. So you run into hyper-discipline and now you're very focused on monitoring your food and monitoring your activity and everything is about hyper-discipline in your life. But you're not happy with overly indulging, you're feeling not good there, and you're not getting the outcome that you want definitely in overindulging, and you're not getting the outcome in overly disciplining yourself, because now you are putting yourself in a place of deprivation, you're sacrificing. So in the one space, you were overindulging, and there was absolutely no boundary. But now you're putting so many boundaries up around yourself that you're in deprivation. 
you can't just enjoy the day and eat in a way that is more mindful. It you need to chart things. So if you're in the middle way and the middle way is more content and happy, you need to get rid of not over the not only, excuse me, the overindulging, but you also need to pare back on the discipline so that you're not over disciplining yourself. Think about children in school. If they're too disciplined, they're not having fun. They might be learning, but they're not having fun, but they'll learn more if they're allowed to enjoy the process of learning. And this has been proven time and time again. But if they're not given the opportunity to learn something and you're just indulging on what they want in the moment, they may not learn as much as the child who has some guidance. Do you see what I'm saying? So this will wrap around to trauma in a second. Let me go back to the work example. So in the middle way, moderation is the key and you are looking for fulfillment and you're seeking it. And you might be seeking it through working later nights or taking, you know, not taking time off, or you might be looking for fulfillment by buying the clothes that your peers are wearing or that you want to look like you are more successful. So you're buying certain clothes to look successful. And these are clothes that maybe you can't afford. Maybe you can afford them, but you're sacrificing other areas of your life, including maybe saving money. And you might be living in a neighborhood where everyone's doing that. And you all think that each other is doing well, but maybe you're all in debt. And so you're you're running on this fulfillment wheel, seeking fulfillment, and you're not feeling good. And you don't feel very free because in order for you to keep up that wheel, that hamster wheel, you have to keep giving up freedom. So saving money and doing less would actually give you more freedom, but you feel that getting to a certain place, you keep putting these lines in the sand of, well, when I get here, then I'll feel better. When I get here, this is success. But as you can see, people often just continue to be on that hamster wheel and they're losing their freedom. If you do absolutely nothing and you live only for freedom, then you might be very limited and you might feel just as stuck as if you're stuck in a dead end job or a job that's going nowhere or even a job that's going somewhere, but you don't get to spend time the way you wish to spend time. The middle way is about finding nirvana. Nirvana is the absence of suffering. So if you're too much in fulfillment or you're too much in freedom or you're too much in indulgence or too much in discipline, you are not going to alleviate any suffering. You're going to be suffering. And this is where you can have an addiction to the ways you think will get you out of suffering. So like I said, you could be over-exercising, over-dieting, and doing all of these things, and you may even get to the weight that you want, but then you'll gain the weight again because the way to have a lifestyle is not to put yourself into this hyper-disciplined state. That's not a natural state. But you also can't stay in indulgence either because that's also not a healthy state. So addiction to indulgence is going to feel like you're low and unworthy and it's almost depressive. But then the addiction to discipline is going to feel anxious and it's going to feel frustrating and you're going to feel impatient, also unworthy. Addiction to either one of those is not a good idea. If I tell you that nothing around us is truly what you think it is, you're going to say, probably not. I can see a tree outside and I know that tree is a tree. Okay, we've labeled it a tree. What makes it a tree? 
Is it the fact that it has leaves or roots? Because flowers have leaves and roots. What makes this different? Well, it has a trunk. Okay, well, an elephant has a trunk. We call that a trunk. So do you see what I mean? It's our labels that create things. And I get that there's science behind all of it. I'm not trying to be light and cheeky about it, but hear me out. Let's look at a forest. We look at the forest and it's a forest, but we get close up and we see it's a lot of maybe pine trees. We get even closer and we see a lot of different types of trees and flowers and grass and bushes and moss. And we see just a lot more. The closer we get to anything, the more details we see. So if we get close enough to a tree, what we call a tree are leaves and a trunk and roots and branches. But if we get even closer, we see the patterns of the leaf. We see the color of the leaf. We see the veins in the leaf. And if we get even closer to that, it keeps changing and changing. So the closer we get to a situation, it changes. The farther away we get from a situation, it changes. Therefore, everything in front of us is just the relationship we have to it. The relationship that we have to our trauma and our neglect as a child, if we can take that relationship and change the relationship that we have to it, we can alleviate some of the suffering. And it's not enough to just push it down because that's almost indulging. And it's not enough to obsess about it because that's over-discipline. We don't want to go to a place of chasing fulfillment where we don't have the memory anymore and everything seems perfect. That is unrealistic. We also don't want to pretend it doesn't exist and go into this really bohemian place where it's all about freedom because then we're not really dealing with it and we're not in the middle way. Instead, I want you to just change the relationship. We can't change the relationship specifically right now, but we can now take a different look at the whole picture. So I want you just to imagine right now a sunset. It's a beautiful sunset and it's any kind of horizon that you would like. And when you're looking at that sunset, you are in contact with the beauty of nature and you can practice mindful breathing. And the fact that you can see the beauty of that sunset means that it is reflecting the beauty that is within you. Now, I'm not saying that you are specifically a sunset. However, someone from a distance might see you looking at that sunset and you are then a part of the sunset. Touch deeply the beauty that is before you. Look around your home, look around your office if you have one, look around the nature that is around you whether it is a yard, a park, any landscape that you have around you, and know that that is the beauty that is before you and also a part of you. You are a part of this nature. You are a part of the beauty that you see. Everything, everything that you see that you find beautiful is somehow a part of you. Focus on your breathing, and as you breathe in, Focus on the idea that you are where you are right now in spite of everything that's happened to you, whether it was years ago or yesterday. Breathing in beauty, exhaling beauty. Getting in touch with the beauty of nature, of your nature, makes life more beautiful seeing that you did not deserve what happened to you as a child or yesterday 
is very important. But it's also important to know that you don't have to hold on to it so tightly that you're indulging in the pain because you think that you deserve it or you think that it's your problem to work through what they did to you. It's their problem to work through what they did. It's your obligation to your heart and soul. It's your responsibility to work through how you manage how you feel about what they did. Getting in touch with the beauty of nature, getting in touch with your truth will always make your life more beautiful. Because before there was abuse or neglect, there was at least some time that you saw the world through the eyes of an innocent, pure child. Look at a leaf on a tree, look at a forest, look at a bird, look at your own hands. You will get much more in touch with your own truth when you become more connected to your own beauty and the nature around you. After a minute or two of this practice, you will notice that your joy may increase, that your sense of truth increases, that you feel less connected to trauma. Your breathing should become more deep. Your thoughts will become more light. You might find that you feel more compassion towards yourself, realizing that you can change the relationship with the trauma, the neglect, and the pain that you feel, whether it was from years ago or yesterday. Because everything is different the closer you get to it, and the relationship changes the farther away you get. If this has been helpful to you at all, please visit themuddypath.org, sign up, and when you get your first email, hit reply and let me know what you think. Thank you so much and please follow.